Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hello and welcome back to the final episode of Collective Wisdom for 2023. We really are in the presence of a superstar as my guest Dr. Zarin Rui Ahmed joins us once again today. Earlier this year, Zarin shared her deeply moving story and profound insights. It was an episode that touched many hearts and resonated deeply. As founder of Gift Wellness and now author of her new book, The Gift, that tells the story that inspired her to start it, Zareen is a beacon of resilience and purpose. Her journey, marked by the tragic loss of her daughter Halima, tells of how she used love to fuel a powerful mission to bring healing and support to communities through her social enterprise. Her story is not just one of overcoming immense personal grief, but also of channeling that experience into a force for societal good. Today, Zarin returns to delve deeper into the themes of her new book and to share how her continued work is inspiring others to pursue their dreams, even in the face of adversity. Her story is a testament to the human spirit's capacity for transformation and the impact one person's vision can have on the world. It's the season of gifting and giving, and this is certainly a gift I'd love to share with you all during this festive season. So, Zareen, thank you so, so much for taking the time to join me today. And firstly, I'd like to just say congratulations, huge congratulations as we celebrate the birth of your your book into the world. How how did it feel? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. How did it feel for you to have that first moment of that tangible product in your hand? Uh, Oh, gosh. Thank you. Thank you, Kat. And thanks again for inviting me again to do this. It's it's a, a real honour for me to be on your podcast. It was um, a very surreal moment because I'd spent two years writing this and I'm a perfectionist, you know, and when it arrived, the first thing that that came into my head was, gosh, you know, God, please let it be what let it be what I me- I meant it to be, yeah. I intended it to be, you know, um, to be as as, as um, precious as it is to me. Yes. Let it be precious to others, you know. And, um, and, and, you know, I'm so pleased with it because the feedback that I'm getting, it really is, it, it's, it really does, um, does do that. Uh, does have that effect thankfully and uh i think you have a copy yes i do and i I can add to the feedback i would just say for sure i i love the title i mean it's so in keeping with this time of year when we're thinking about gifts it's a gift Mm. that will be sure to keep on giving it's a gift that you can open and just see you know there's so many facets to it there's your own story there's 
if you're thinking about building a business or creating a social enterprise, there's advice, there's wisdom, there's there's humor in it, there's moments of poignancy. And then what I really love about it is the invitation at the end, if you're feeling inspired by it, for how you can then join this movement, this um, this whole sort of inspired uh, mission, I guess is what, what I'd call it from the outside. It's a, it's a really beautiful book. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that, that was the intention. It was calling to people who um, perhaps have had a hardship, a personal uh, difficulty, challenge, adversity of some sort, even if it's just a, they're bored mm-hmm. and they've had, you know, they, they haven't, they're frustrated that they haven't had the opportunity to do what they really want to do in life. And that, for me is torture um, yeah. but you know it can I'm hoping that um, it this book will show them how any kind of hardship uh, or, or or upheaval or adversity or trauma or tragedy can actually become the catalyst that you were waiting for to make a positive impact a positive change in your life and globally yeah you know an impact to others and um and if if people are interested in uh, a social enterprise idea uh, you know if they have an idea for a social enterprise or want to go into social entrepreneurship which is a business for good then this will hopefully give them so many tips are you know i've made all mistakes and Mm -hmm. and um and it'll teach them to be sort of intuitive to follow their gut in a way that trusting you know trusting their gut to lead them to the right path for them yeah there's so much about this that has been that's what really comes through from the book how much of it has just been once you let go of um, there is a bit of surrender. To let go of everything having to fit into the way. Yeah, the submission, and you will be led. You, you you found yourself in so many situations. I should just explain for anyone who's coming to this episode um, and hasn't heard Zarin's story. There is a another episode of Collective Wisdom where we really dig into the story. But could you just briefly give us a sort of brief outline of what's led you to be here today, Zarin? So it's um it's a story that's inspired by my daughter who was um tragically murdered uh 16 years ago at the age of 19 um Halima Halima was uh you know my only daughter and uh we had a pact the two of us had a pact that after she graduated that we would we would have a social enterprise or a business for good or a cha- and do charity work together it's all she ever wanted to do so um she had just started university and she'd just been going for six weeks when she was abducted and and murdered a few streets from where we live in derby uh and uh and 
you know she she basically her her um her dream kind of transferred over to me mm. <laughs> and and we kind of merged into into one i think after after it happened because as, almost as soon as it happened i knew that what i needed to do was to fulfill that promise and uh, do the work that that she and i were going to do together um she was she was studying uh, international relations and global politics to, to specialize in third world development and she was passionate about alleviating poverty and um, and and supporting women in particular and educating girls and, and that sort of thing and and uh, you know when other other mothers and daughters were talking about you know the latest thing on TV or the latest fashion and so on we were talking about you know the anita roddick story or yeah. or um you know the latest research from unicef or, or, or that sort of thing <laughs> and and um and so after she passed away i i established first of all a charity called the halima trust and um spent the next three years immersed in fundraising and development of a school um, for orphaned and uh, girls from very poor backgrounds in Pakistan. Mm. I'd put it out to tender to different charities to put a proposal to me because I'd never done international development work and so I needed a partner to, um, to you know to work with someone on the ground who knew what they were doing in a particular country and and the project that resonated with us was this school they they'd got a boys school there but there was no girls school right. so i spent 3 years um fundraising and uh and and designing this this building and then in april 2011 um we inaugurated the school and and it was on my way back from Pakistan in April 2011. Uh, so the school had 430 something girls um, mm. when it first opened, girls from various parts of Pakistan, many from the earthquake region who had been orphaned. And, uh, and it, it was from preschool all the way up to before they go to college. So up to, uh, up to uh, 16. Uh, we now have, have a college there as well um, because they all wanted to go to college <laughs> so we had to go to college um, and, and they all want to go to uni now so I think that's next. So, <laughs> um, and we have over a thousand girls there that's now. Incredible. Um, which is just, you know, it's just, just incredible. It's just a miracle. Yeah. Uh, and it's such a, a joyous thing when we go there and you really feel Halima's presence. Um, so it was April 2011 and we'd just inaugurated this amazing project and uh, I was sitting in the airport lounge on my way back to England, back home, and um, I picked up a magazine in the airport and at that time I was feeling quite anxious about what I was going to do next mm. you know I'd, I'd reached that point and it had been 
very healing and very um, uh, distracting yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah. And you know, kept me connected to Halima in a, in a beautiful way rather than in a negative way. And I picked up this magazine and I read this article about women in the Zatari Syrian refugee camp. You know, it described how they, all the horrific things that they were suffering, the abuse and the, the dangers that they faced and their, their children faced. And, and then it described in detail how they were forced to tear strips off the bottom of their dresses you know, the only clothes they had, the mm. clothes that they fled this war with and uh, wearing, and, and and how they had to tear strips off the bottom of these dresses to fold up into makeshift sanitary pads. And um, and Kat, at, at that moment, I, I saw myself giving pads <laughs> to these women. You know, I, I don't know if I actually stood up, but it felt like I stood up. There was a real vision. I still can't remember whether I stood up or not, but I had such a a feeling of um, a thrill in my stomach. Wow! Um, that uh, in my head I was standing up, I think, and and I was handing products to these women. Yeah, and I knew that that's you know Halima was was there with me, and and this is what we were, we're going to do now, Mum. You know, this is what we're going to do next. And um, so I came back and did it 18 months of research and development. And because I couldn't find the kinds of products that I wanted to give to these women. So the idea was that I, I would establish a social enterprise, a, a business for good that would have a, a, a business model where based on, um, you know, buy one, give one. Mm, so. Mm someone buys a product you give something to those in need and um but the products that i wanted to i wanted to sell which needed to be more sustainable and and better for women's health um were not available anywhere and so i designed my own products and uh, my products had have an added element in them. They go beyond just the hygiene aspect and the sustainability aspect. Um, they under the top layer there is a layer of tourmaline. So my menstrual pads have a layer of it's tourmaline is a mineral stone that emits negative ions. It's a, a precious stone that emits negative ions, which is a kind of an electrical charge, which zaps the, the positive ions in the air, which are bacteria, for example, right. that, that cause infections and odours. And, and it also um, permeates you know, the body to um, help circulation and regulate periods and regulate the flow. And basically, you just feel better. And so... You know, I wanted I wanted these products to be a gift for women that use them themselves, um, the ones who receive them as a donation, uh, especially if they're in hardship, because they have a very calming effect. Mm. Um, and uh, and and so 
I mean, they are the highest quality. I mean, I think what you've discovered about period poverty has been immense. You know, you've talked about how you didn't even realize yourself that it wasn't just in refugee camps, that there are many, many women who are unable to afford decent sanitary products, which is... That was, yeah, that was the biggest shock was when I started the research. I thought, you know, I was horrified to find that it, it wasn't just women in poor regions of the world or war-torn places women on my doorstep were suffering from and and it wasn't just the homeless women it was professional women nurses and teachers who couldn't afford to put food on the table you know single mums who couldn't who were dependent on food banks and um and there are so many projects women's projects and shelters where women who have been abused or have have suffered some kind of hardship have turned to these shelters and these women's projects that support them and and those projects don't have menstrual products no no they're not given these products by the government um and at that time schools didn't have these products either uh, the government has since changed the the law to enable schools to um, order a quota of menstrual products for their schools. It's not enough mm. and, they, they, the, and, and it's not mandatory. So schools, some schools do and some schools don't have products. It's not consistent at all. But I think it's, it's not like yours, Zareen, that is going to change mm. that. You know, it, it, it is incredible mm-hmm. that even just creating the awareness and then the gift really for me of the product is that whenever you buy it, you're enabling someone else who might not have access to the funding. And it's the best quality. I mean, I, I even loved the story about how you came upon tourmaline as a, as a sort of healing um, element, you know, when you were in Pakistan. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was with my mum and this was just a couple of days before we inaugurated the Halima School. And uh, we we stumbled upon this this uh, Chinese herbalist this shop, and um, and this very Mister Miyagi type of Chinese <laughs> herbalist. Um, uh, you tell it the story with his white coat. He appears out. You know, <laughs> yeah, he did. He, it was really sort of. It, it was really whimsical and. Uh, and and reminded me of something ancient and and magical. There was just, it just had a, and you know the smell of Chinese yeah. herb herbal shops. If you've ever been in one, it's it's um it's it's uh, very uh, it, it just evokes those kinds of images uh, of of ancient herbalists mixing medicines and things. So anyway, he he offered my mum this belt to wear around her torso that that contained a layer made from tourmaline mm. and um and he said it 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 uh he described how it works and that it would help her circulation and her high blood pressure and things like that and then he looked at me and he he um he he spoke to his assistant in Mandarin, and she came back with a pack of, of sanitary pads, of menstrual pads, 
and um and he, he said that these have the same ingredient in them as the ingredient the the tourmaline yeah. ingredient in in the belt and he said you know you should try these they will make a big difference to to your menstrual cycle and you'll just feel feel a lot better and it'll regulate and balance your hormones and um and and you must try them so so i did well i, t I bought them off him and uh, i didn't need them until i was back in england so when i did try them it was you know after i saw that vision in the airport and i knew that that was the path that i yeah. i i was i was now going to to follow and then i was looking for products so alongside the research about about period poverty that that which it wasn't called period poverty at the time that phrase was coined uh later in 2018 by plan international in their research about period poverty in schools and um at the time i called it you know supporting women in crisis mm. i started researching products that i could sell in order for me to do that charity work and i just couldn't find the the quality of products that i i needed uh because i was determined that they would be good for women i, I always had problems during my periods because you know i just by the third day i just felt awful and mm. It felt really groggy and heavy, and uh, I knew that the products weren't good. Yeah, I just felt that the products weren't good for me, so I wanted more natural products and more sustainable products as well. And um, I ended up designing my own products, but it was when I uh, I tested the one I remembered the ones that the Chinese herbalist had given me, so I I tried them out. I thought, okay, I'll try them. I was skeptical. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah. I thought, okay, I'll try them this month. Um, and it just seemed like they were there. They had been given to me for a reason, you know. And I thought, okay, I'll try them, see what happens. Um, and I had the most amazing experience. It was transformative. Mm. I felt from the first one that I used, I felt different. And... Um, and I had a much, much better cycle that month. And then, um, and I had enough in the pack for the following month. And then by then I'd ordered some more yeah. for um, for me to give out to my sisters and friends to, for them to try out. And they all had similar experiences. They all said that um, they felt better. Although the, the actual pad was quite rudimentary and the packing wasn't right. eco-friendly and the packaging and the wrapper and the bottom of the pads were plastic and the surface was rough and maybe they, designed by a know, man do you think <laughs> definitely definitely you know um <laughs> so yeah and you said so, that even um, your your niece i think has found um you know even problems beyond just your simple period if you have complications yeah my niece who has endometriosis she uh she tried them and and she said they were they were amazing they she had a better yeah. period that that month um so yeah i went about designing my own products and um and then they were soon in retail stores like Holland and Barrett and um, 
and, uh, and, and hundreds of independents. And, um, and then, um, you know, I ran the business like that, selling through retailers for, uh, for a few years. Uh, and then, I, and then we, we set up a separate charity. It was, it was that around that time of about 2018 when, um, when that, that report f- uh, about period poverty came out. Mm, I remember. And then, and also there was the Me Too campaign, which, mm. um, we, you know, which also sparked a debate around women's rights and women's uh, needs and, um, and all the issues that we'd been brushing under the carpet. So, um, period poverty was right up there, you know, as one yeah, of the yeah, issues yeah. that needed to be dealt with. And then people started contacting me and 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 saying, "You do this period poverty stuff, don't you? You know, can we get involved? Mm. Can we help? Um, how can we support it?" So yeah, it, we'd been doing quietly. You know, for every pack we sold, we were donating uh, products, um, and we'd been doing that since the start. But it was um, it was at that time when suddenly there was an awareness and media were talking about period poverty. And, and so we decided to, to set up a separate charity alongside the business called uh, the Gift Wellness Foundation. Um, and, you know, with a website domain uh, of, of periodpoverty.uk um, mm. with the aim of erad- eradicating period poverty in the UK by 2025 and um and supporting women in crisis in in far-reaching places like refugee camps and um and you know we offered the opportunity to people we could then because we had a registered charity offer the opportunity to to for people to actually fundraise to volunteer we could apply for grants to help the work and um and it's been running alongside the business, alongside the social enterprise. So we've got charity happening from the business and the charity now. So would you say that was the thing that made the difference? That was a real sort of tipping point in terms yeah. of bringing other people into the conversation okay. and, and sort of hugely, um, hugely amplifying the impact. Yeah, hugely. And um, and so that was the, the second phase, really, of of this journey and then and then i guess the third phase of the period poverty journey was it began last year when i i went to lebanon and i actually went to syrian refugee camps myself handing out um, what we call them dignity kits uh you know packs of product to women in the refugee camps and um and I was there in Lebanon, uh, I was in a hotel room in, in Beirut and my phone was pinging away with requests from food banks and, you know, all kinds of inquiries about period poverty. And, and we, you know, and I, we had inquiries from three types of, of people really um, in relation to the period poverty. One was organizations that needed the product so they could give them to their clients like food banks mm-hmm. and homeless charities and so on 
Another was volunteers, people who wanted to get involved in fundraise and, and or collect products. And then thirdly were, you know, women and people who who couldn't access or afford the products and were asking us where can I get free free product from. We mm-hmm. were signposting or supporting these, you know, the organizations we were sending them products, the volunteers we were helping them to to you know collect products and and the individuals we were pointing them in the direction of the organizations that we were supplying um or sending them products so i i was desperate for a way to simplify this this Mm. quite a, a complicated process and it could get messy because especially after the pandemic it got really overwhelming and um and i came up with this idea of the period angels app um while i was there in beirut and and by the time i got back like i sketched it out on the back of a a paper in the in the hotel room and then um by the time i got back i'd got whole sort of flow diagram of how the app would work and how it, wow. would, it would connect that these three parties via the app. Um, so the idea of the Period Angels app is that it's a community-led approach to addressing period poverty. Um, it's, you know, the community collecting products and, you know, groups of whether they're school children or whether they're a corporate team at work or, or whether they're individuals collecting period products and you know going onto the app finding what organizations near them need the products and arranging to drop them off there and then if you're a user and you need the products you just go onto the app and you the map pops up with the nearest organizations near you the nearest places near you where you can pick up free product and it tells you what products they have and if you're a volunteer you create your profile you can download the volunteer pack and you've got all the logos and everything you need um for you to 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 run your collection um and to connect you to the organizations in your area so it's that it's that it's it's basically an app that will um the aim is that by the end of 2024 so this time next year we aim to have organizations in every british um town and city that that are using the app and that are that have products that can be found on the app fantastic um, and and yeah, and we're, we're piloting it currently in um, doctor surgeries, doctor's practices, GP practices. Um, we're piloting it in eight practices um, across the country from Liverpool down to, you know, uh, London and, um, and the southeast. And it's going really well. So they have a period station in their waiting room. And do you do you have any sense of the impact it's having on on the communities, on the people? You know, do you get feedback from people who who are the I recipients? Mean it's, it's literally just started. So um, 
a few months ago we launched it. It's it's available on iOS and Android, and we're seeing the organisations starting to pop up who are using mm, it now, mm. and uh, and it's just a case of us in early 2024 we're we're going to roll out the the project in across all GPs you know practices hopefully who the ones who who take it and who who want to participate but they're all uh, why would they say no you know they're helping they're helping their local community every community has a gp practice and um and you know we can't hang around waiting for government to 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 do this it's um it's also good for a community to to you know it, it connects people and it it gives a sense of the community nurturing and looking after its own you know the mm, people mm. who are vulnerable in their own community and it's like during the pandemic how communities were coming together and people were supporting each other and um and and we're, we're finding that you know that that already connections that wouldn't otherwise have been made are being made because of this because of the app gp practices are telling us that you know patients are coming to them and telling them that they they're doing they they've proposed it at work or their kids are doing it in school they're collecting and you know it's um there's no reason why it shouldn't work it's no no it's ingenious and it must give you a real sense of purpose a real sense of yeah meaning so so you know it means that in the uk this this problem should not exist mm, within mm. within 2024 2025 there should be everyone should have access to a nearby place that has free menstrual products and yeah. um you know i mean in scotland the government has has uh, is is providing free products in in places but it's it's not everywhere yet and and also it's it's um it's reviewed by the government every so often and then it depends on funding and things like that i I, you know this can be solved i think what you're doing zareen is Mm. is is and and the book highlights Mm. this the book is is really um really detailed on the aspect Mm. of building social enterprise, building business to actually solve some of society's biggest problems as opposed to creating more more problems. That idea of a triple bottom line where you're taking kindness as a fundamental and it's really this idea of thinking about success in terms of not just the accumulation of wealth but the kind of enrichment of communities and the, the 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 protection of the planet at the same time, you know, that sort of that simplification of people, planet, and then profit that all feed into making making this such a success. It's it's about acknowledging kindness as the main currency, not mm. as a byproduct of 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 a, a moment of generosity it's it's yeah. about the collective uh, effort to look after your community it's about taking the emphasis from the the i we're in a very much i society you know with your iphones and your i this and i that and um 
and it's all about selfies. We want to go from selfie from selfie to selfless, you know, where we take the emphasis off the I and to the we, like it yeah. used to be. It used to be, you know, the whole village would raise a child, and yeah. um, and and it's about going back to that that feeling that you know you are looked after in your community. Um, you you know your community is looking out for you, and you're looking out for them, and you're raising the children in your community together, and you're you know um, supporting and synchronizing around everyone's needs that's what equity is it's uh you know equality is is about everything everyone having the same opportunity but equity is about um about the specific needs of each individual you know having the emphasis on on each individual's needs um so so you know different people have different needs and and so now we're trying to now uh, also transform workplaces. We're we're encouraging people to um, contact us if they have a workplace, and and we will supply them with uh, a dispenser to go in the washrooms, in their toilets, where they're giving free products. So. Mm, you know, mm. Just like they have toilet roll, they should have menstrual products in the toilets for anyone who needs them, whether it's your staff or your clients who are using your toilets. And, um, you know, it's amazing that it's taken this long for for us to to clock on to this. You know, well, it, what's, what's amazing mm. is how, you know, the difference one person can make mm. because you have been relentless in in harnessing your grief as this catalyst for real action and for me you know that piece around kindness is it's the love that you feel for your daughter Halima that has been just this driving force for for just making a difference making things change that need to change yeah it's It's, my fuel it's my fuel. yes the love yeah. Is my fuel because if I don't use it for this, if I don't use this that fuel for for this, then what will I use it for? Yeah, it'll destroy yeah. me. You know, it has to go somewhere. That love has to go somewhere. She's not here for me to 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 you know embrace her and to mm. to spend mm. that fuel in that way physically. Um. Or, you know, so where where will it go if it doesn't go here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I, I, I just wonder if you do have any, because you've created such a wonderful legacy and it, it always feels like everything you do is imbued with a spirit of having Halima mm-hmm. alongside you very much present in, in the storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, she's very much part of the mm-hmm. book. Um, I think that's what, what is so wonderful as a gift to other people to sort of pay it forward. I just wonder if you have any words of advice for anyone who is maybe a bit closer to the the moment of despair, the challenge, um, because it's not it's not an easy path to take, the one that you followed. Yes, uh, I mean, that's what the book is about cat um it's called the gift not because gift is my brand name 
Um, and not because, you know, yes, my daughter was a gift, but that's not why, why I called it the gift. And yeah, we give gifts, we give lots of charity, but that's not why it's called gift either. The gift is that hardship. The hardship itself is the gift. That's why it's mm. called the gift. And, um, and what I would say to anyone who's going through a hardship or has suffered or who, if someone has made you cry, you know, that suffering, those tears are your fuel in the same way that my, the love that I feel for my daughter and, um, you know, and the grief is love. You know, because I, mm. you know, any grief that I feel, any pain that I feel, I, I perceive that as, as the love that has nowhere to go if she's not here. So I need to channel that energy into something that will deal with that fuel in the right way. Yeah. You know, if, if I channel it towards, towards, uh, there was a moment, you know, where, I had to make make a choice. Do I let this pain kill me? You know, do I wake up tomorrow? Mm, or do mm. I send it to do I do I do something else with it that will that will actually um benefit me, benefit Halima and fulfill that that promise? Do I turn this energy into something much bigger? And, and it just felt right. I, you know, you have to follow your in, intuition on these things. And, and everything, everything that's happened when you read my journey, you'll, you'll feel this, that everything that happened, happened as it was supposed to happen. Because if, really? it, if it didn't happen at that time, then we wouldn't have saved thousands of girls lives you know and some of them would be dead or on the streets the ones in yeah. the halima school uh, and college um you know many women would have been a lot more vulnerable without menstrual products in refugee camps and you know homeless women and so on and um and you know we wouldn't have been able to do any of that um if Halima was, you know, hadn't passed away when she did. Yeah. You know, none of this would yeah. have happened. So you have to, those tears that you cry are, you need to, in your, you know, visualize those tears going into a, a precious ve vessel and it's your fuel. You know, the pain yeah. that you feel in your heart. You need to visualize it going into this vessel. This is your, this is your fuel. And what are you going to do with it? How exciting to have this, this powerful energy that has come from your heart. You know, it sounds deep and whimsical, but it's, it's so real. It's so real. Not at all. It doesn't, it, it, I mean, for me, it's just, um, that is the gift. Yeah. That is the gift showing people who you know life does throw really tough things and, at. and the other thing is is if someone has done something to you right whether it's 
you, you think God has done something to you, or whether you it was you know your your spouse or your family or so, your boss or someone has done something to you, and and that's what's making you, um, you know, what's giving you pain or anguish or hardship. Then, if you think about it, that means that you're being controlled by them. Mm. You're being controlled by that environment. You know, are you gonna? Are you going to let someone else control you? You know that there is yeah. an element of that in it as well. You know, you know, yeah. God's given you uh, the way. You know, thankfully, I mean, I, I have my faith, which which plays a huge role in every in my thinking, and mm. um, and and also it gives me that golden ticket of knowing that um, that it's a temporary separation with my daughter you know absolutely um and and life is short and so it gives me a sense of energy and purpose and you know i spring out of bed in the morning and uh, mm -hmm. can't wait to mm -hmm. carry on you know and because I, and i pray when i pray you know as a muslim i, I pray five times a day and, and when i do pray i pray you know that god don't take me doesn't take me until until God's satisfied with me and that I've done enough mm -hmm. to um, to fulfill you know those beautiful intentions that I had yeah. with my daughter and that I've helped enough people so that I can sit with Halima and laugh with her about it and we can we can talk about it you know and you need to have these visual images of mm. of your future um, and not be not be dictated to by the past you know and I think that is your gift mm. I think Zarine you have such a beautiful gift of being able to visualize exactly where your help is going to be most impactful exactly how you're going to bring about gathering people together um creating that momentum and and it really is the story of how you think just being one person you can't make a difference and yet that that trust that belief and letting go of knowing exactly the path before you set out is is so so powerful yeah i think that's the key is that if you are given a hardship or a tragedy or a trauma of some sort, then you need to regard that as a gift. You need to regard it as, oh gosh, I've been given a turbo boost in my mm. life, you know. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to wait for a tragedy to happen. You don't have to wait for a for a hardship if you if you haven't had that hardship, you know how about you start visualizing now and do what you're really meant to do find your purpose now yeah and you're a testament to the fact that as you say that energy that you've got from it gives you that momentum and feeling of joy when you wake up in the morning mm -hmm. with what's next and 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 things also seem to just drop into your life you know so there's all these opportunities that have have just made themselves apparent I would highly recommend it to anyone who is thinking about what they can give as a gift in this season of giving. 
Um, it's a beautiful book. And what I loved, as I said at the beginning, was the invitation at the end to come join you. Um, what are ways that people can get involved with gift wellness and period poverty? Would you like to just talk yeah, us through? So first of all, um, you know, use your, use your purchase power to, mm. to support ethical brands, you know, support our brand, um, knowing that every time you, you buy our products, um, you're not just helping yourself and your own sort of um, body, but you're also helping others. And that, that the goodness of that, the karma of that, or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah. energy from, from doing that um, will enrich your life as well as others. Secondly, you know, if, you know, do get involved, download, download the Period Angels app, which is available on, um, on iOS and Android. And, um, download the app from your app store or your Google store and get involved in, uh, you know, start collecting locally, find lo local organizations. If you have an organization, register yourselves on there. And um, if you don't have an organization, but you want to volunteer locally and there aren't any organizations, find the local organizations, get them signed up on the app so that they're there, mm -hmm. so that then local people can, you know, let's start doing this now and and yeah. spreading it and and you know if you can make a donation make a donation at, at periodpoverty.uk um currently we are we've we've just sent um a, a large truck over the rafa border into gaza because wow. um, a un um report came out uh, a couple of weeks ago saying that women in gaza who um obviously they don't they don't have clean water. They don't, you know, they don't have the, the things that they need, the products that they need, um, and things are very, very difficult for them. So, what do women do? Somehow, they've found um, they're taking tablets to to stop their periods, Gosh. and uh, they are, you know, if they can find those, and and the effect of that is devastating on a woman's health um, if you yeah. do it long term because then the the you know the um the lining of the womb doesn't shed and it's it's just building up and that will cause major problems in their bodies um and can lead to all kinds of things so um so yeah we've just sent a truck over over the border into gaza God willing, it will reach some some women, but we want to continue doing that. We're also um, currently uh, putting a, a container together in Turkey for the earthquake victims from earlier this year uh, in the Turkey Syria um, region. You know that devastating earthquake. Yeah. Um, there are hundreds of communities living in uh basically containers um that they've converted into housing and and tents and things like that and there are lots of hospitals in syria uh that we're that we're trying to get products to so there's there's all that happening and then in the uk we're really trying to galvanize the support for this app and get 
you know, address period poverty in the UK and then hopefully move it into other regions, um, other countries. There's no reason why it can't work everywhere. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Doreen, I just want to wrap up by saying thank you from women across the world because you are making such a difference. I mean, it's it's just incredible. The the story is so powerful, so full of not just the the story itself, but the insight as to you know if you have if you have the seed of an idea, mm-hmm. everything you need is in this book to talk you through how to bring it to life, how to go about doing that research and 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 some of the pitfalls that you might have fallen into along the way. It's such a gift of a book. So thank you, thank you for joining me today and thank you for the work that, you, that you're, you're continuing to do on behalf of yourself and Halima. Thank you so much. The, the book is available on Amazon and uh, thank you to... to you know, people like you, thanks to people like you, it's um, it's now a number one bestseller as well uh, on Amazon. So, uh, which is just, <laughs> it's just a miracle. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations. And it's hugely, hugely deserved. Books like this need to go far. They deserve to go far. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me, Zareen. What a conversation. I can only say a huge thank you to Zareen for being such an inspiration and for the tireless work that she's doing to champion women's education and address the seriously challenging subject of period poverty, which affects so many women and girls around the world. If you want to get involved, and part of Zareen's motivation for telling her story is to invite others to join her, you can buy a copy of her new book, The Gift, maybe even gift it to someone you know during this festive season. And if you're in the UK, you can download the Period Angels app and find donation centres near you. Or perhaps you're connected to a school or food bank that might be able to join the ever-growing list of supply centres which supply sanitary products free of charge to those who need them. You'll find all the links on the Gift Wellness website at giftwellness.co.uk and in the notes that accompany this episode. And as ever, a big thank you to you for being here. I'll catch you in 2024 for more conversations with amazing humans who are using their creativity and talents to do work that really matters. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.